Hello, everybody. Welcome to the It Hurts to Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today is actually my birthday. I am 43 years old, and I've been podcasting for about four months now. I am so incredibly appreciative of everyone who's been listening. It just, it means a lot to me. I talk about myself some during conversations, but I haven't shared my whole chronic pain story because these episodes are about bringing value to you, not talking about myself. But for those of you who are starting to get to know me, I wanted to share a little more. So here goes. I was adopted at nine weeks old. Growing up, basically all I knew was that my birth mom was 16 when she had me and my birth name was Susan Perkins. I didn't know if Perkins was the maternal last name or the paternal last name. In 2020, I actually DNA matched with a first cousin, which led me to my maternal birth family. So that's been a really cool addition to my life. I started having chronic pain when I was about 15 in the form of nearly daily migraines and other type headaches, really tension headaches. In my late teens and early 20s, I experienced being sexually abused, physically abused, and raped. I never pressed charges or even got therapy because I just wanted it to go away. And I say this just because, as we'll learn later in this episode, emotional pain has a lot to do with physical pain. I finally saw a doctor about my headaches when I was 21. It was diagnosed with combination migraines and tension headaches. In 2015, this was a big year for me, I had been suffering from migraines and severe daily headaches for 20 years. I had tried blood pressure medications, anticonvulsants, SSRIs, gabapentin, numbing medications, narcotics, herbs, acupuncture, biofeedback, meditation, TENS units, cervical nerve blocks, occipital nerve blocks, medial branch blocks, food allergy experiments, gluten-free diet, paleo diet, and lions and tigers and bears, oh my. By this time, I had seen PCPs, neurologists, pain doctors, chiropractors, and herbalists, TMJ doctors, and acupuncturists, but nobody was able to find consistent or long-term relief. I'd been taking narcotic rescue medicine almost every day for at least five years, and tryptin rescue medicine for my migraines every day for several more than that. I'd go to the ER twice a year when I couldn't control the pain. By 2015, I'd become more and more angry with the professionals for not being able to help me. I didn't think I was some special person who had some kind of rare disease. I just didn't understand why they couldn't figure it out. I started lashing out at my family for small things, feeling guilty and then hating myself for it. I started making mistakes at work, which was not at all like me. I had moved from Dallas, Texas to Houston, Texas, and was seeing a new neurologist. She suggested that I go into a four-week inpatient pain recovery program at a local hospital. I was out of ideas, so I did. I was encouraged by the success stories of the people who had been there just a couple of weeks. These people with chronic pain were seeing relief in 10 to 12 days maximum. This is where I learned that between 50 and 80% of our physical pain is from unprocessed and buried emotional pain. And that's where the trauma comes in. I hadn't done anything about it. I just wanted it to go away, but it was manifesting in my body as physical pain. I also realized that physical pain wasn't my enemy. So we did this meditation where we were supposed to imagine our pain and give it physical attributes. Mine was this round object. It was had spikes coming out of it. It was dark black, had an angry face, And I said to it, why are you trying to hurt me? And with kind of a hurt feeling type voice, it said back to me, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to communicate with you. And that's when I realized 
physical pain isn't my enemy. It's just a tool. It's a communication tool trying to tell me something. And what it's trying to tell me is I had a lot of unprocessed, buried emotional pain that I needed to start dealing with. Soon after, I found out that I have autoimmune disease, spondyloarthropathy, rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis, and degenerative disc disease. Then 2016 came around. I had excruciating spinal pain in my L5-S1 discs. I wore a back brace every day. I worked from home as much as I could, and I could barely walk. In January of 2017, I went on short-term disability. I just, I had to stop working because this pain was just so severe. During my six months on short-term disability, my arthritis spread throughout my body. It was just in my low back, but it moved to my knees, my shoulders, my hips, my hands, my feet. I went through physical therapy at two different locations, two different styles of physical therapy. I even applied for this great new position I was going to get at work. I had a great job, a great career, a great company, and I was excited to get back to work. But in addition to my arthritis pain spreading, I also just for fun developed fibromyalgia. Then in July, my short-term disability expired and I was shocked to learn my company had eliminated my position. One of my doctors had warned me that they were gonna do that, but it was such a great company, I didn't believe it until it happened. Over the next two years, I was in a deep depression. I wondered what my purpose in life was now. I barely got out of bed, and that was only to snack or use the restroom or do basic care tasks for my daughter. In August of 2019, I applied for social security disability from the United States government. I hated to do it, but I didn't have another choice since there was no way I could work. I hired a lawyer who wouldn't charge me unless I won my case. I was denied the first time, but the lawyer's office said about 93% of applications are denied on the first try. We appealed and I was denied again, but the lawyer's office said this was normal and my application was moving forward like a typical application. What angered me the most about being denied was the fact that the social security doctors who had never even met me thought that they knew better than the doctor who'd been taking care of me for the last few years. After the second denial, the next step was to go in front of a social security judge. I'd never been in front of a judge before, so I was scared and intimidated. At that point, it caused me so much pain to walk that I literally had to hold on to my lawyer's arm going into the judge's room. I also had a pretty significant limp because at that time my right side was a little worse than my left. I still have a limp. I just limp onto whichever side happens to be a little bit less worse at the time. I answered all the questions from the judge and I listened as a vocational expert, also whom I'd never met, testified as to what tasks she thought I could and couldn't do based on reports from my doctors. I didn't really understand what she was saying, but my lawyer never objected, so I figured it was all accurate. About a month later, I got the approval letter. It was a bittersweet moment. Yes, I was finally happy to be getting some income, but it was also depressing to know that I was, in fact, disabled, even in the eyes of the government. That month, I ended up joining a women's Bible study at my church. We happened to be reading a book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way by Lisa Turkhurst, which was perfect because that's how I felt. My life is not supposed to be this way. This is not what I planned. This is not what I've been working for. Between the book and the ladies in the group, I came, up, came out of my darkness by one, intentional daily gratitude, and two, realizing that God can take my broken life and make something new and beautiful out of it.
That beautiful started showing up as I connected with other people with chronic pain, depression, anxiety, or trauma. I felt just so much joy from commenting on their posts and trying to help. I had joined the Mighty app, I had joined forums, I had joined Facebook groups. Then I started a blog and then this podcast as ways to show people that even though we have to live with chronic pain, we don't have to suffer from it. Living with chronic pain, we can't do anything about that. But suffering, that's a choice. Of course, I still struggle, but it's a mindset shift to decide that our pain isn't in control of our lives and attitudes. These days, I get Botox every three months from my migraines, and they're under much better control now. My big struggles are the arthritis and fibromyalgia. I spend a lot of my days in bed because it hurts too badly to do anything. I have to modify the things that I can do when I can do them. That's a huge part of adapting to this new life. I've been in therapy most of my adult life, and I'm on a continual healing journey because healing is a journey, not a destination. I won't wake up one day and suddenly feel completely healed from my trauma and emotional pain, but those things can affect me less and less as I process and deal with them. Other than that, I've been married for nearly 16 years. I have an amazing daughter who just turned 10. I believe our circumstances don't control us or determine our destiny. We do. I think all my pain has a purpose, to equip me to encourage and bring community to other people going through a pain, illness, or trauma journey. Well, thanks for listening. Please listen to my other podcast episodes. You can also find me at itherstomom.com, which is my blog. I'm still trying to get up and running really well. You can find me at itherstomom on Instagram and Facebook, and you can email me at itherstomom at gmail.com. Thanks and have a blessed day.